Have you thought about becoming a career coach, but not sure what it's really like? Not sure how to get started? Well, we've got you covered. Let's drop into this week's conversation of how to become a career coach. As you become a career coach, you go through different stages. And it's a little bit different for everyone. But the basic stages are, one, you realize that you love helping people and love having those deep conversations. Two, you realize that coaching is something that you can actually do and be really good at. Three, you start coaching on the side of your full-time job, making it a real side hustle. Four, you eventually make that leap from part-time coach to then full-time coach. But when you're standing on that dock ready to make that leap and jump into that boat, How do you figure out when is the right time for you and how do you eventually make that leap? Well, today we're going to hear from someone who has recently made that leap and she's officially decided to become a career coach full time back in 2018. But during that time, she's had some mind gremlins that, to say the least, (laughs) that she's had to deal with. So you're going to hear how she overcame those mind gremlins and ultimately made that leap into coaching. You'll also hear how she used LinkedIn to get her first paid client, the value of investing in herself, and how she was able to grow from crawling to jogging and then to running in just a matter of months. So I want to introduce you to our guest today, Erin Allett. Aaron is a career coach at the University of Michigan. So with myself being from Ohio, there's a little bit of rivalry between us. But today, for the sake of a good conversation and for our listeners and everyone listening today, we'll try to put that aside for for this conversation. I didn't know we were going to be going with the Michigan-Ohio sports thing, but my background actually is in sports and athletics and entertainment. So after that intro, I really wanted to like play like my like batter music or my walkout music. So no, thank you. Thank you for the kind words. I'm so excited to be here today. We're super excited to have you. And my first question to you, Erin, is what did you do before career coaching? You mentioned you worked in the athletics department, but give our listeners a little bit of insight. Yeah. So I started my career in college athletics. I had this dream. I wanted to be an athletic director. And so I really, I chased that down for about gosh, the first eight years of my career. And I'm sure we'll we'll talk about this a little bit more today, but at about eight years in, I realized, hey, this actually might not be my dream. It might not be my path Hmm. and made a pivot into career development in the higher education space about six years ago, which is wild. It's where I'm still at today. And I've worked at a variety of universities and a couple different roles, both on the recruiting side and working directly with corporate and legal recruiters. And now I am so incredibly fortunate to be coaching full time in my day job and side hustling as a coach in my own business. So give a little bit of insight. So what do you do coaching now in your current job? So what is your current job? And you are currently at, like I mentioned, the University of Michigan. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. I believe by title, if you were to look at my LinkedIn, it says Associate Director of Career Coaching at the Ross School of Business at the University of Michigan. What that actually means is that I'm a career coach and I work with 
undergraduate business students, helping them figure out what do they want to do with the rest of their lives? Mm. That's one of the biggest questions that and fears that we see students coming in with, whether they're just starting their career or just starting their college experience or about to graduate this. What am I good at? What should I be doing? I think I know what's important to me. And then all of those little pieces then from there of how to go get the job, Mm. how to build relationships, how to identify the role, how to interview and negotiate that first big, big girl or big boy offer. I'm sitting over here and nodding my head because I feel like for many of us in the coaching space, you know, the question comes up as what do I want to do for the rest of my life? We think that that happens for certain people at certain times of life, but it happens to so many of us. And I'm sure like me and you've talked about off of this podcast, but we talked to so many people who are doing the coaching, but maybe not in a formal coaching sense. So you mentioned something in there that I want to come back and touch on where you were in this athletics department and at some point it turned like, Hey, I've got this role that was for me, but I feel like I need to make this pivot. So I guess my question then would be, how did you know, or why did you want to make that pivot to becoming a career coach? in the first place. Absolutely. I'll maybe even take you back a little bit farther than Let's that pivot because I think that's going to like set up the dominoes a little bit. And I think with all, maybe not all things, but a lot of things, when you look back on them in hindsight, everything makes sense and it's so clear. But trust me, my career path has not felt clear or straightforward in any way during the process. You know, when I think back to like earliest days, even as a, like a kid, I was always that person people were coming to for advice or just to talk. Like if I had a quarter for every time I've had someone tell me, I've never told anyone that before in my life. And I was just like, oh, okay. Like, but I also loved having those deep conversations, even as like a little kid, it kind of in our family, it was always a joke that I was like 10 going on 42. <laughs> and so as I look back and that kind of like pulled me towards things like, tutoring and coaching sports teams Mm. and mentoring. And there was always this outlet. And for a long time growing up, I thought, oh, well, I want to be a teacher. Mm. My mom was a teacher. It made sense. I never knew. I never had an answer to what do you want to do when you grew up? Like never. I can remember like many panic attacks when that question was asked, like never had a clue, but I was like, teacher, go, it fits. But that was never quite right. And so as I went through my career, I kept finding myself pulled to these roles where I was coaching, mentoring, training, even in internship programs. I was the one a year in, I was like, well, let me take this program over. I really want to help grow and develop people. Mm. And as I mentioned, you know, I was on this athletics route. I wanted to be an athletic director until I didn't. And what happened in that moment was I was in this role that now with the knowledge I have really didn't fit any of my, what we kind of call our top five strengths. Mm It was very execution focused, high attention to detail, managing lots of little details and Philip smiling because he knows like (laughs) that's not quite my jam. Like I'm all about those deep conversations. Let's talk about the future, big picture. So in that role, I was working crazy hours, tons of responsibility. Like honestly, I probably shouldn't have had this job at my age and the level I did, but I was hustling. I was busting it. And even though I was working these long hours, And the role wasn't a fit. And there was kind of like this toxic culture thing going on. Even on top of that, I was finding these little windows to help the early career folks on our team. Mm. 
I was like, hey, let's go get coffee. Let's talk about your career. Let's talk about your life. What do you want to do? What are you good at? How are you putting those things in play? Where do you want to be in five years? And these conversations, I found I was getting a ton of value and energy from them, but others were as well. And I had this moment where I want more of this. This is the stuff that I freaking love. Like Mm. I would feel on cloud nine after those conversations, but that piece was maybe 20 or 30% of my job Mm. at the time. And I really started thinking, how do I flip the script? What role, there's gotta be roles out there where this is 70% or 80% of my role. And gosh, that was probably seven years ago at this point. That's when I first discovered career coaching as a profession and that it was a thing. And I kid you not, Philip, when I saw like, a job description or talk to actually a dear friend of mine now that she was a career coach and kind of sat down with me for a conversation and shared what she did. It was like the stars aligned, like the clouds split, the light came shining down, the angels were singing. It was like, oh my gosh, like this, this is it. And so that was really the the turning point. It's interesting. And this is one of the things that I wanted to bring back up because we were talking way before that we hit the record button and we're just bringing up and I talk a lot a lot we just bring it into the conversation but I know the same thing kind of happened when you found this podcast the how to become a career coach podcast and you're like poof mine exploded and the same thing and it's always so interesting especially from your story and, and getting to know you since joining the PCC program that it's completely diving in and this in the mentality of where I find so many of our listeners, but so many of the people that I talk to of, oh my gosh, I get to have these conversations. How can I do more of this? And then creating a solution for yourself of, okay, what scenarios, who can I talk to, where, what resources can I find to, how you put it, flip the script and bring in essentially what we call in our in our coaching process, fully immerse yourself into that, into the, the process of where we're looking to go for the future. And it's so much for people, it makes that leap from what they're doing to what they want to do easier. So more my question then for you is, how did you know in that second that it was time to take that leap? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I think about it in a couple different phases because there were really a couple different leaps in there. I would say that was the big one to get the ball rolling, but there were also some other pivots and leaps from there that, let's see, (laughs) it's funny. I've never... Looking back, you know, I grew up an athlete and I've always been competitive, but really it's been about, I am not someone that knows how to do something at 70%. Uh I don't know how to do it. I almost kind of envy people that can. So once I made that decision and found career coaching that this, oh my gosh, this is a thing. I didn't really have a choice. I've kind of always been that person to like, okay, jump in with two feet. But I will say, as I thought about making that what I consider like my first major career pivot of, okay, grieving the loss of that dream and realizing this is closer to where I want to be. I was able to identify a role. Gosh, it was probably about a year and a half after I found, had this epiphany Hmm. in the career development space in higher education, which I mentioned I'm still in today, but it wasn't in coaching. It was in working directly with recruiters. It was still a lot of event management, which I was really good at. Hmm. And I looked at that as an opportunity to, immerse myself in the environment and be a fly on the wall of others that were coaching. And it was like this awesome experiment with like no pressure on me to coach. So I was able to observe others doing it. I learned so much just from sitting in on coaching sessions of picking the brain 
of other coaches and asking them, how did you do this? Why did you ask that? And I just went full on nerd. I was reading as much as I possibly could, but I was able to test, learn and observe and hold that up with what I knew I wanted and what I knew I was good at. And I found more and more like, oh my gosh, yes, like confirmed, this is it. And even as I got to, you know, I relocated back to Michigan, the great state of Michigan, which is (laughs) above Ohio for the record, (laughs) I still found myself in a role that I was still in higher ed, still in the career space. So like, you know, all intents and purposes, like this is good, but I still had this feeling. I loved my coworkers. I liked my job, but I still would come home with this feeling of, is this it? Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't coaching full time. I was close to it, but I wasn't doing it. And that wasn't enough for me. And I sat down and it was probably actually not probably it was, it was January, 2018. I bought myself a brand new little journal and a nice pen because I love my office supplies and sat down at our local library. I was like, I just need some quiet time to think and plan like where if I'm in the same boat in five years, I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to be happy with myself. I'm not going to be happy in my work. I'm not going to show up the way I want to show up. But I hadn't sat down yet until that moment and really pictured where do I want to be? How do I want to show up? How do I want to feel in five years? And I kid you not, I sat there and it was all like, you need to be a career coach. You need to start your own business. And I left the library just like calm and at peace of that's where I want to be in five years. Cool. I'm going to work towards that. And don't know how to do anything 70%. I'm also not very patient. Again, if my mom listens to this, she's going to die because it's so true. Not very patient. So that if that was January 2018, I was like, cool. That's my vision. Let it ride. 10 months later, I that really pulled me into exploring coaching roles, mm. full-time roles. And 10 months later, I found myself in my current position coaching full-time. It's something that you do very well, but I think even from the first time I chatted with you, like it's like the same conversation we're having right now. And this is my impression of Aaron. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. Yep. This is what I want. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> we're going to do that. Uh-huh. Let's do, Yep. Yep. That sounds good. Oh, that's good. Okay, cool. Let's do that, Philip. And one of the best things I think people in the career coaching space, we go through the same career journeys that people who were helping coach. And some of the things I took from you were things that people and our listeners can apply today, which is he mentioned doing the experiments, being the fly in the wall and sitting and hearing these types of conversations. And then also like sitting down, writing in your journal, visioning out what could my life look like if I leaned more and did more of these things and then deciding to commit? None of those things take tons of money. None of them take potentially tons of time right now, but it's more so in the future, like experimenting, seeing, dipping our toes in to see, hey, is this something that could potentially be good, good for me? Visioning to see, essentially, is this really what I want? And then essentially taking the leap and decide. And for many of us, and it kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit in our professional career coach training process. This is essentially what we're training our coaches to do to help people go through this process, but also do it themselves along the way, right? We have to learn these things ourselves if we're ever wanting to actually help other people potentially do it in the future. And I know from the first time, but even in our discussions now, in fact, I think we were chatting earlier this week or the latter part of next or last week, And same thing that we were talking about in our coaching labs that we had on Wednesday of this week is you're working with one of your first paid clients in your own business, which holla, 
awesome congratulations because that <laughs> that's you. amazing that's what we have people do in all of our in our pcc program but i was kind of curious for you in helping that individual through that process how did you for our listeners who are trying to think about what does this program look like but what does these first steps look mm-hmm. like if kind of trying things out how did you find this person and kind of like walk us through of, all right, here's kind of my process of how I've been working or going to be working with them. So how I found this individual or how this individual found me actually kind of goes back to what are the biggest obstacles I had to get over in putting myself out there as a career coach and starting my own business, like my own private career coaching business was changing the way I thought about my identity and what I do. So Mm. what I mean by that is up until a certain point, which was pretty recently, I'm going to say September of this last year, if I formally started my business in October, I had always answered when someone asked, what do you do? I had always, my first response was where I worked and what my title was. The second I started challenging about that, challenging that and reframing that to think, no, actually what I do is this type of outcome and I happen to do it at this place and in this role mm-hmm. gave me the freedom to put out the tiniest shingle, which at the time felt massive. I put on my LinkedIn that I had my own business and I was a career coach in this business. And I, with that change of mind, transparency with my current employer and whatnot, but with that changing of my mindset, it gave me the freedom to put that out to the world and just start posting. I use LinkedIn is my preferred platform. I'm a total nerd. I love it. And just start putting out content that I would have wanted to receive and just putting my spin and my my views, my take on it. And it started to resonate with some folks. And that's actually how my first client found me was through something I shared on LinkedIn and he found my page and felt, oh, like we kind of we set up a call and now we are doing a page coaching agreement together. That's so awesome. I know we were talking about that and we were specifically talking about, hey, here's what we can do with this guy from step one all the way to, I think it's six total sessions that, that you're yeah, that's right. with. Yeah, with this gentleman. And it's so interesting because one of the cool things when me and you chat, but then when we chat with the entire group is, all right, so we've got six sessions with this guy. What do we need to do? What are the biggest things that, mm-hmm. that we need to focus on? And kind of in these, you talked about from your experience, being a career coach and having the space, but now it's not necessarily changed, but it feels like it changes when now you're working with this guy on a one-on-one capacity, but a one-on-one capacity where it is now no longer pro bono, it is now paid. And so for mm-hmm. so many people, it's essentially that hump where I find is the hardest part. But I'm curious for you, what's been the hardest part for you when becoming a career coach and or opening up your own business? I'm thinking of two things. Hmm. One, I'm going to actually borrow. I'm not going to say steal. I'm going to borrow it because I've, I've asked for permission. And we're going to give it back. Um, <laughs> from actually one of my peers in the PCC program, she refers to this notion of mind gremlins. And I would say that is one of the hardest pieces. And I think mind gremlins are also tied into the second point I wanted to mention was as you're starting out and learning and scanning the environment of what is out there, who's doing what, how are they doing it, walking this line between that research piece 
but also putting blinders on and, and being focused on who you are and the type of coach you want to be and bringing your true authentic self forward, Mm. not trying to be a version of someone else out there already doing coaching or running a business in their way. Those two things, and I think they interplay together with each other. Those have been, those have been the hardest pieces. It's really interesting because I know I've talked to two or three of our current PCC students, but it's something that I talk to people all the time who are coming to us, but even even our listeners here. And this is something that's, uh, that I struggled with when I was first starting my coaching business, being at step one or step two, is often I compared myself to the people who were at step 11. And so I would go, oh, they've already got a, a really pretty website. They're already talking to my target market. Look, they, they've got everything. Look, they can schedule a call right from their website. It's, <laughs> they've got everything set up right now. Why would I even start? Totally. The, the whole imposter syndrome just stops or starts and then it stops you in your tracks. Yeah. And it's such a real thing for people. And it, I always tell people too, and this is probably, you know, one of the things that, that we've talked about too is that it goes back to that authentic self that people are coming to you and hiring you and working with you because they want your advice. They don't necessarily need you to be this amazing person who has all the answers figured out, but really they just need somebody to, it depends on what you're clarifying them with. And this is what we talk about specifically in the program, but what do they need specifically from you to clarify those expectations right up front? But most of the time, they need somebody who's going to get them out of what they've done before to get them into new habits and actions and be accountable and provide sometimes that clarity or guidance to what they need to do moving forward. And for a lot of people, that doesn't necessarily require you to have everything figured out. It's being super present in that time. And like you mentioned, being your authentic self, but this is what I tell people too. I make a really crappy Scott. Like <laughs> Philip's impression of Scott, it sucks. It doesn't sound like, it kind of sounds like him a little bit, but you go, this guy, is, he sounds like he's pretending to be Scott right now. But I make a really awesome Philip. And so anytime I'm br- talking to people, I'm like, you need to make sure that you're really figuring out what your strengths are. And again, we do this in the PCC program where we're really figuring out where do your strengths lie, but where are you going to be best aligned? But also let's make sure we're getting those kinds of pieces out. I love that you mentioned the mind gremlins because they're super real and they'll throw you off. And I think I've mentioned Brene Brown a couple of times on this podcast, but that's, uh, I know Brene future, girl. Uh, she's going to come into this podcast someday or We'll get on her podcast. If you haven't checked out her most recent podcast. So um, good. Oh, it's great. Stop everything you're doing right now. Yes. I'm telling you to to pause (laughs) this podcast to go listen to Brene Brown's podcast, but make sure you come back to this one too. But I guess you mentioned talking to one of our other PCC students. And I think one of the biggest things in kind of going out in this journey is having a community of people but a community of like-minded people who kind of help you in this new, scary, different path where it's like jumping in the deep end. So I guess my question for you is what's been one of your biggest takeaways since joining the PCC program? Oh my gosh, there's been so many. So maybe I'll just like kind of run through my experience so far and what's been so helpful. That notion of community and surrounding yourself with like-minded folks, what's so cool in our program is the community and like the people are just sweet and awesome, including our coaches. So that's super fun. And we have conversations just like 
this, right? Like we just talk like real people. But what has been really cool about our mix of people from different backgrounds and experiences is that we all challenge each other or support each other and add value to each other in different ways. Like we each have different strengths and we're at different areas in our business that I'm able to learn so much from so many different people. And when I think back, I kind of make the joke when I talk about like all of my career pivots and my career changes and figuring this out. I was like true to that, like Midwestern stereotype of like, I'm going to do this on my own, like (laughs) bootstraps, let's go. And like, I wasted so much time, like in those career changes, but also in launching my business. So it If we're playing with timelines here, I sat down January 2018 and was like, by golly, when I turn 35, I'm going to be in a spot where I make the decision, do I go 100% on my own or do I stay in a quote unquote normal job? I want to be financially be secure enough to make that decision. I want to build the business to the point I can decide. And so that's January 2018. January 2019 was when I was like, well, screw this. I'm not going to sit around and wait. I'm going to start building this puppy now. January 2019, I didn't do a thing, like an actual tangible thing until October of 2019, 10 months. I spent spinning in this, well, it has to be perfect. And there has to be a website. And what's my company name? And what are the logos? And (laughs) what are the taglines? Like my background is in marketing and entertainment. So I'm like, well, what are all those things? And okay, well, who am I going to coach? And what's going to be my thing? And I just spent all this time telling people, oh, I'm going to start my own coaching business. And I hadn't done jack. Mm -hmm. And I knew I could not face myself another January having not done something. So October made it official. And after October, I still was like, oh, well, I need to do this. And I just was like bright, shiny lights everywhere, stuck in the overwhelm. And I had a little come to Jesus with myself as that January was getting closer because I'm like, I can't, I can't go there. Mm -hmm. We can't do January 2020 and still be in the same boat. This isn't working. I really have to double down, invest in myself. I'm going to do this if this is my future. Double down, invest in myself and stop being so freaking stubborn and stop doing this by yourself lean on others that have done it before you. It's really when, you know, it was funny, Philip, coming back to my notebook, Yeah, those different days, like, okay, my big Januaries. But around the same time, almost to the exact same date, I have notes from April 5th, 2019, from Happen to Your Career, How to Become a Career Coach, The Three Biggest Mistakes, like almost to the date. Like, I'm not even Oh joking. my gosh. That's the little bit of background. That's the first project that I've ever did for Happen Your Career was that three mistakes. That's, that's awesome. That's so funny. That's yeah, so we have not talked about this. No, no, we haven't talked about that at all. It was, it, like so, this just got pulled out of the secret drawer and I'm like, oh, about five <laughs> minutes before we started, I'm like, OMG, almost to the date. And so I guess that's to say, coming back to your question of like, what have been some of the biggest takeaways was, I know others have mentioned this in this podcast because I listened to every episode in this podcast at least six times and took notes and because <laughs> I'm a massive nerd, but so many people say, and on other podcasts too, and resource, okay, that money is a renewable resource. I can make more money, mm-hmm. right? But what finally resonated was time is not, I can't get more time back. I can't face January. So I got to do something and surrounding myself with a community of folks that I really believe in their message. I had gotten so much stinking value from this podcast as well as happened to your career. Like I've been fangirling for a long time that it was the community and the support. And I want to move faster than I can on my own. Could I do, could I build my own business and 
figure out all the coaching pieces on my own. Yes. Is it going to take me like 10 years and I'm going to make a ton of dumb mistakes and get in my head along the way? Absolutely. So even as gosh, how far in the program are we right now? Like a couple months, even already, like I'm not walking or crawling anymore. I'm starting to jog. And that's so freaking cool. It's so fun. It's what I, first of all, let me say, Thank you very much for all those compliments. It's not something we came in before this podcast. I'm like, hey. No, he's not paying me. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, we can talk about that after. Yeah, we'll talk about that after. <laughs> it's very, very flattering. But thank you so much for all those kind words because it's it goes back again to what we're, we were saying before about that full immersion process. I'm sure many people are listening to the podcast. Maybe this is your first episode that you're listening to, but also you might be taking notes right now or going, huh, all right, I'm hearing a couple of things. Here's some things that I can do right now. And all those things are amazing and you should continue and keep going on those. But one of the biggest things as far as what group learning does is that Scott and I have talked about this. It's essentially there's this learning curve that we all have when we're starting something new and we're going to um, essentially that next thing. And in the learning development world, we call it the learning gap, right? And essentially what our job to do is not to shorten it, but essentially it's to make it less steep. What are these decisions along the way in helping you become a coach, launching your own business, the things that you would learn and do on your own that we can be like, oh, hey, 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 you know what? This is what I tell everybody coming in. Like you're the your business name really doesn't matter. It could matter in the long run, but for right now and getting started and doing more of kind of a full circle to uh, bring back what you mentioned before about how can I essentially do more of this, you know, more of this coaching. Your business name is just one of the many shiny objects that essentially is going to get in your way. What I tell people, first name, last name, coaching.com. Boom, done. You can change it later, but don't let that be one of the hurdles to essentially go out and start helping people. What's great about having those, you know, the learning curve and essentially making it less steep along the way is we can get rid of all these little decisions along the way that are going to throw you off. But also it's, we're all learning these things together as a group and learning from the way we've done it, but also the way that other, other coaches have done it before. The one thing I have continuously found, and it's probably being a listener to this podcast, but also just being part of the space is the coaching community <laughs> is incredibly nice, which you would think it is. You wouldn't, I mean, you would think it is, but just to confirm every single coach that I have met ever has been extremely nice and extremely like um, accepting and they're always willing to help. It's like coaches love to help people. So it makes sense that we want to help other coaches. It's essentially what you just said. And I love that phrase so much. So if there's anything that you're going to take away, or our listeners are going to take away from this podcast today, it's what are you going to do to invest in yourself? If this is something that is really important to you, let's make sure it's not that thing that's on your calendar every single month of like, all right, you need to do this. You need to go find your first client or you need to do that. Like, what can you do today? So putting kind of a bow on it for you, if you could go back and maybe this is January 2018, Aaron. Maybe this is January 2019, Aaron. Maybe this is October 2019, Aaron. If you can go back six months to those time periods, whatever that might be, and give yourself a piece of advice, what would you say to that yourself at that time? I really wanted to get on here, Philip, and say something like really clever and original. 
But if I'm being completely honest here, like I, I have to reinforce what is probably on so many other episodes of start before you're ready. When I put that first little, okay, I'm going to put it on LinkedIn and make it official. I wasn't ready. I was terrified. I sat at my desk and I'm looking around. I'm like, oh God, who's going to call me up? But start before you're ready. And I would, two other things. I would have told myself, start surrounding yourself with people one to three steps ahead of where you are. That's an environment I thrive in. I, to some degree, like feeling uncomfortable and like I'm behind or I don't know enough because I love learning from other people in their experiences. Six months ago, eight months ago, I was still caught in those mind gremlins and that imposter syndrome. And I'm like, oh, I can't tell anyone that I'm not totally secure or confident in this. Yeah, I can't tell anyone that. I'm retroactively slapping myself and saying, no, start talking to people steps ahead of you and learn as much as you can. Hmm. The third piece would be really spending some time even more so than I did then getting really clear on who do I have a heart to serve? Who I think some of the best coaches are, in my opinion, they are honest in how they show up, but they are completely, they check their egos at the door and it's about who they're trying to add value to, who they're helping get the results that that person wants and needs in their life. I would have spent that time instead of spinning on website and colors and logos and taglines and all of that stuff. I'm doing it now, but I wish I would have spent more time immediately getting focused on who I have a heart to serve and letting that push and guide me into a program like this or something else faster. I very, very much appreciate those three things. And I know you just said, hey, Philip, I wish I came on here and said something clever, but like those three things were definitely at mic drop. And for your first podcast appearance, like mic drop baller appearance, like that's awesome. So to recap all three of those things, because the last one, I was like, oh, that hits home. Number one, start before you're ready. So many people give into fear, start, sell themselves out or do all the little motions instead of actually taking actions and or they wait for permission from somebody to be like okay you're a coach now you can go officially coach people now and it's like that's that's not you are worthy you have been knighted exactly and that's not how it works instead it comes down i know we haven't talked about this as much on the podcast but it's kind of the same thing we're kind of dancing around it what i think aaron has done really well and especially hearing more of her story on the podcast today is choosing yourself, but choosing yourself in a way that's going back and connecting the dots, being very intentional about it and putting yourself in situations that allow yourself to succeed. And so when you're thinking about when to start before you're ready, being in a place that is more applicable or easier for that, or to allow that kind of process to open up, it's so much easier to start or there's there's a less of a barrier for that. And that's kind of the second point you mentioned too. I was taking notes of the three, three things you were saying. And the second one was really, what I took away from that was crafting your environment. It seems like one of the biggest things that you've done, but every single coach that I've ever talked to, but even more so anybody I've talked to who has had success in changing their careers, it's they've been very intentional about crafting essentially crafting and designing what it is that I want in my environment, what kinds of information am I consuming, and who am I surrounding myself with that's going to add value into essentially where I'm deciding that I would like to go, or at least the next step of where I believe I want to go. And that 
our environments, and we do a bunch of research on the team about this, but one amazing book I always, oh, and we talked about this, Aaron and I have, Atomic Habits by James Clear is an amazing book about this, but it's more about crafting your environment to serve the person you are now, but also the person that you want to be one to two, five years from now. And then the last one you said, like I mentioned, mic drop, because it's so many things and so many times people that I talk to, even even our listeners here, they want to go and they want to help everybody. I go, oh my God, I want to go help the high school senior who has no idea what they want to do. Because if we can just get the problem right there, then they will never have all these problems later. Or I want to help the people who are right at retirement, they're doing this thing. Or I want to help the midlife crisis person for all these kinds of things. And which is great, but always comes back. And I love that the heart to serve because it really sent that phrasing and the words that we use matter, but the words that we use on ourselves matter even more. And I love that phrase of the heart to serve. And Brene, if you're listening, that's uh, Aaron's clever hey, phrase hey, right there. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. But it's going to be a restraining order against me after that. Keep going. <sighs> We're on me and Brene on first name basis. But so we'll get you on our good side just in case. Anyways, it's so much of who do you want to serve? Because you can help everybody. But if you're helping everybody, you're helping nobody. And that was one of the first mistakes that we put on that podcast. But even something that Aaron and I are doing right now in the program is we, we're starting from really the beginning process and we're crafting her target market. Even like we've been two months into the program, we're starting now. We're really figuring out who do we most enjoy working with and who are we in the best position to really help? Because that's what really creates long lasting change. But also we're all getting into this business and doing this profession because we want to help and serve people. And knowing who that person is, it centers it back and centers it back to what can we do now and where does that heart and where does that center come to serve? So yeah, I think those are some pretty clever things that you mentioned there, Aaron. Thank you. On that note, wanted to thank you so much for coming on the podcast because I super appreciate it when we were thinking about, okay, who could we have on the podcast to really give our listeners kind of behind the scenes as far as the program and really what it's like in these first stages. But What's it like just for somebody starting out or somebody on this journey? The first person who came to mind, I was like, oh, we got to have Aaron on here. Bring her on. It's like I mentioned, it's just going to hit record like any one of our other talks. But really the reason, to, if I had to be really honest, why I wanted to bring you on, but why I think our listeners can really take a lot of value from our chat today too, is because for Aaron, one of her biggest strengths is that anybody that she talks to, like they have just have a an opportunity to open up. And she does a really great job at getting to know somebody. It's her relator strength that, that we share, but people open up and want to talk to her. And we'll give you a way that you can reach out to her at the end of this podcast. But for Erin specifically, like I mentioned, the first time I chatted with her, she said, oh, yep, I'm in, let's do it. And she's been diving in feet first the entire process and really embracing it. But trying to figure out ways that this can work for her and has even started working with her first paying client very early into the program. So I want people to take away not only your initiative, not only your heart, not only your motivation, but really everything in between that and the journey. So long way to say thank you for being on this podcast. And also, how can people find you? Yeah. Well, first of all, the pleasure, the pleasure is all mine. Go blue, Philip. Oh. I had to. But yeah, anyone that wants to connect or maybe, you know, have a follow-up conversation or ask really any questions from an insider in PCC, best way to connect with me is through LinkedIn. So you can find me Aaron. My last name is Allett, A-L-L-E-T-T. -T. Send me a connection request. Jotson notes that you heard the podcast and I'd be more than happy to connect.
I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And I want to remind you that our professional career coach training and certification is open right now. PCC is for people just like you who are serious about becoming a coach or growing a coaching business. And if you're interested in PCC training and certification, you can schedule a conversation, no obligation, and chat directly with, well, chat directly with me about whether or not PCC is, is right for you. And here's what you need to know right now. Pause this podcast right now. Did you pause it? Okay. And go directly to your email and open up a new email. Now, you can email me directly at philip, P-H-I-L-L-I-P, at happenyourcareer.com. Now, don't forget that's Philip with two L's, you know, as it should be. But <laughs> make sure you add the subject line, career coaching. So I know where you're coming from. And on that note, signing off, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to How to Become a Career Coach. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast player. For more resources, go to becomeacareercoach.com.